Hello Habit Mechanics, it's Dr John Finn here. I hope you're having a fantastic week so far. Welcome to a shorter episode of the Habit Mechanic podcast. Remember, you can listen to live episodes of the Habit Mechanic podcast inside the Habit Mechanic University app, where you can ask us questions live and we will answer you during the live streamed podcast. Inside the app, you can also access your Habit Mechanic Toolkit. You can also watch our live masterclasses and join our live Change Challenge coaching sessions. You can download the app for free. We're going to follow, in some ways, the structure of the the chapter on motivation in the Habit Mechanic book. And um, at the end of the chapter, um, you, you provide another really amazingly useful uh, guide for us to 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 inform people's understanding of motivation help them with their motivation um under the heading firing up your motivation which is uh, very appropriate i think um and and you say that obviously people may well have created a, a future ambitious meaningful story a fam story they've got an outline of their future they've got a a long-term goal that's ambitious um and um you you say to help them refine this more and develop it more as you go forward you've, you've got um a list uh, of, of reminders they can they can use and i'd just like to go through them with you here now on the talk point by point and and um you can flesh those out for us hopefully uh, the first one is make goals more meaningful by asking yourself why five times now i know that is quite a, a longer exercise but but briefly what is that and how does that work yeah well if you had a title of a podcast for example that says seven ways to fire up your motivation um that might be more meaningful than a podcast that says what is motivation but it's trying to move towards um the real reason why you want to do something and a really quick way to get to the true meaning of something is just to ask yourself why five times so for example you might say, well, I want to be more productive. To, I need to be more productive than I need. I need to procrastinate less. I need to beat myself up less. Why? Well, I want to be, um, I want to have the best chance of doing a great job. Why? Well, I want to get the promotion this in the next six months. Why? Well, we want to buy a different, a, a different house in a different part of town. Why? Because that's where the best schools are. Why is that important? I want to give my kids the best chance of going to the best school. So you can go further. Why is that important? Well, I don't want to look back in 10 years and regret not giving them the best chance. So all of a sudden, being efficient and effective with my time today is about being a great parent and not having any regrets in 10 years. That's much more um, powerful in terms of compelling the limbic regions of our brain to get on board um, and to get with today's programme and not just to slope off and check social media or the BBC website or whatever, or do just do the easy work and not difficult work, than just being just being productive for the sake of being productive. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's very clear and uh, very poignant for many people, I'm sure. Um, the, the second point on the list, um, and I know this is uh, also um, a specific exercise within Habit Mechanic University, and, and one you detail in the book too, uh, is. The second point is on a scale of one to 10, how well are you doing your best 
to be your best and achieve your weekly goals. And we talked about weekly goals being a component of long-term goals. And, and that's why that question's there in essence, I guess. Yes, it's going back to that intelligent self-watching, holding ourselves accountable for our own efforts. This is all we've got. All we've got is our energy and putting our best um, foot forwards. And a really simple way to do that is just to assess yourself on the scale. Um, I really, over the past, you know 20 plus years I've been doing this work, for me, the out of 10 is, is as powerful as anything in terms of a self-reflection. Where am I? It doesn't matter if I'm a bit um, delusional in either direction. I could be overly negative about my performance. I could, could be over, overly positive. We will get more accurate the more we engage in these types of intelligent self-watching activities. But it's easy to let things slide. Doing intelligent self-watching for some things is really easy, like our weight. We just step on a weighing scale, and it tells us there, in depending on what type of weighing scale you've got, but you get a clear visual. For our progress on other things, it's a bit harder to measure. So we've got to make it easier. So yeah, we start every day with the T plan. How well did I do my best to be at my best and achieve my goals? We can use the same thinking at the end of the week. It takes a few, a few seconds and it saves us hours. Yeah, fantastic. Um, point three on the list. Remind yourself it's possible to make changes and I suppose by implication improve because you're a combination of nature plus nurture no one's no one's born to fail or born to succeed yeah it's interesting um i was speaking to a very well-intended coach the other day a traditional coach who's done the sort of traditional coach training for me their job is to help people to do to, to do better that's what they say their job is as well so they, their job is to change their behavior and they were quite dismissive about learning science and uh, it's a bit too sciencey. Why do we need to know that? Well, because your job is to help people to learn how to automate different behaviours. It's not to coach people, it's to change their habits. And if you're going to help someone to change their habits, you need to understand how learning happens. So this, is, this really worries me. You know, I see this time and time again, um, Coaching isn't having a nice conversation with someone who then says, well, you're a nice person and it's good to work with you, et cetera. It's about helping people to change their behavior. The way that we are traditionally, or coaches are taught to do that, is that they're not taught to change people's behavior. They're taught to have a nice conversation with people. So this is why recognizing that um, making a change is a combination of nature plus nurture because we might feel like we can't, we've tried and we can't do it and we can't do it. But the science is clear. You can make change. You are absolutely capable of doing it. It's just that if you're not able to do it right now, you haven't found the right formula yet. Um, so just knowing that, and this is what Carol Dweck talks about as a growth mindset, that's a, that's a motivational theory. 
is that if you believe you can change, you've got a much better chance of doing it. Um, we talk about the habit mechanic mindset, which is kind of a step beyond that. It's about if you understand how your brain works and how you learn, um, you've got a much better chance of being able to do it. So just reminding yourself that it is possible to change because you're not set in stone. It's a, common, it's a combination of nature plus nurture. That is a new understanding. We didn't used to understand that. For most people that are listening, when they were at school, they were taught that when they physically stopped growing, their ability to change in any meaningful way stopped. They were also taught that they were just naturally good at some things, but not other things. Um, in Chapter 5 of The Habit Mechanic, I really go deep in talking about learning how it happens, nature plus nurture, give some really clear, tangible examples, break down the 10 intelligence factors, um, the, the factors that allow us to learn or not. So we can learn, and it's just important to remind ourselves of that. Yeah, I think of all the... All the um all the content in, in this chapter in, in the habit mechanic book, I have to say that the, the fact that science highlights human ability to learn and change that, that I find that one of the most motivational things, that's just a, a personal insight. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's so vital and so valuable. Um, the next one on the list, number four, update your fam story. And you say every four to eight weeks here. Now we'll presume that people are, have set a future ambitious, meaningful story, and they need to update it at those regular intervals. Yeah, so the if you go actually into chapter 36 of the book, it gives an overview of all the tools that we introduce. And it breaks them into daily, weekly, monthly, slash bi-monthly, slash quarterly tools. So in the first instance, I would definitely be updating the fam, the, the FAMS form or in the app, the, your long-term and monthly goals every four weeks and then maybe you might want to move to every eight weeks and then possibly you could go to every every quarter if you wanted to but i mean i, I just uh back at the start of the month i just spent 10 minutes reviewing the straight you know 10 minutes moved my motivation levels from maybe four up to a nine just in 10 minutes it's so so powerful and things things change the the fam story, it's, it's not a it's not stone, it's malleable. You can re-sculpt, remold, things change in your life, and it's important to update and remind yourself. Um, and also by revisiting the fam story, you see the progress you've made, which our brain doesn't pay all that much attention to. It tells us about the progress we haven't made. So by revisiting the fam story, we get to notice the progress that we've made. Um but that's why we have daily, weekly, monthly tools, because if you do a focus reflection at the end of the day, um, like a three-to-one type of activity is a minimal, again, which you can do in the app, you also notice the progress you're making. So it's important to plug all these tools together. Yeah, and the next one, John, number five, um, related to this, I think, it, you ask people, can they connect their short-term goals and habits, i.e. today in the present, to their future goals? Yeah, so it's just reconnecting if we're feeling like our motivation is a bit low, reconnecting why or what you need to do today 
to achieve what you want to achieve in the future those those big exciting things um otherwise hue just comes and dominates our horribly unhelpful emotions and again you can in the next habit mechanic talk that we do we'll talk about habits in more detail and some of our habit metric tools but you could use those those metric tools just to quickly realign the short with the medium with the long just to realign them and again we're spending minutes to save hours by by doing that yeah again uh, personally for me when you when you're working towards a long-term accomplishment and and um thinking about it using it in the present to to keep you well going essentially in common parlance again i found that very very useful for motivation so um that, that again that's just another personal insight from myself um two more on the list then uh, the firing up your motivation list number six is to write a fail story what you call a fail story um in other words what you don't want your future to look like so we've written a future ambitious meaningful story we've set a, a grand target and now it's important to write write out what we don't want to happen yeah or we can flip that round the reason we created, I think, the fail story was because people say, well, I don't really know what I want to achieve. So well, what don't you want to achieve? And often people are much clearer about that. Well, that's the starting point then. This is what I don't want to achieve. So what does it mean you want to achieve? It's not that you don't know what you want to have in the future and do. It's just that you haven't really thought about it too much. And he says, yeah, I can't be bothered doing that. What it is interested in is saying, what don't you want to have? That's much more interesting for you because that's a threat and it's a problem and it's a worry. So we can use that as a foundation, if you like, uh, to, to start build the what we do want to have. So writing a fail story is really powerful. I've never met anyone who doesn't know what they don't want their future to look like. I don't want to be unhealthy. I don't want to be unhappy. I don't want this to happen. I don't want that to happen. Um, yes, yeah, so it's a really, really powerful exercise. Again, you can do that really quickly. Um, and you're spending minutes to save hours. Yeah, and I know as we move to the final point on the list, which is about the fail story too, reflect on your fail story and use it as a mirror to help you develop and refine your fam story. I think you've just explained that really nicely for us. So thanks for that, John. But I know previously you've worked in education and, and, and as you say, Andrew Foster, your colleague continues to do so. And I think a useful example that, that I have, I've heard you cite before is young people, perhaps, and, and you, you mentioned it in Andrew's case, but it's, it's worth stressing how young people at the very start of their lives are doing it. I think young people have, have said, well, I might want to be a dentist or something that requires a specific academic direction and then they've changed but still they've benefited by applying themselves to academic study to rigor learning how to to study things successfully so they've pivoted if you like um away from what was a very def definite goal but but the the journey the, the work they did towards that has benefited them yeah because every every hour we invest in ourselves we get back it's not a lost hour we never lose an hour is a saying. You don't lose an hour. The hour you put into yourself, you get back in some way. So if I invested that into my physics GCSE because I thought I wanted to um, go to you know, do a medical degree, then even if I decide I don't want to do a medical degree, I'm still going to benefit from 
the, from putting the effort into the physics, even if it's not the physics knowledge, just me learning how to put my best foot forwards and, you know, create great, great habits around study. That's going to be beneficial. So, yeah, um, this is all about developing your habit mechanic in, intelligence and whichever field or if you want to be healthy and happy in, in, the, in the distant future, there is a lot of commonality. There's far more commonality between the people that are healthy and happy than, you know, differences. They've all got a set of helpful habits around um, how, how, they, how they exercise, how they sleep, how they're able to strike a balance between hedonistic experiences and eudaimonic experiences, you know, how they're able to delay short-term gratification and persist through difficulties um, and, and reframe and, and all this kind of stuff, all the stuff you learn when you become a habit mechanic. 